If you happen to have been here last week, then I think go find a groupmate, one of your groupmates, super quickly, and say how your I will statement went. Hopefully you remember it. If you don't remember it, this is your time to now remember it, so that hopefully it will once again be in your memory. But yeah, go go just quickly find somebody that was in your group and just say like, hey, either this happened or this didn't happen, and I'm looking to do it. Just say how it went. And then Ben's going to come up and teach. So can you do that like 10 seconds? Does anybody remember who's in the group? Yeah. Okay, okay. Just do that for like 30 seconds, then Ben's going to come up. If, you're wanting, if you weren't here last week, totally okay. Uh, this is just for people that were here. And it won't take long. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, this is my uh, last time teaching this class forever. No, just like this year, I think or for an extended period, so it's been really great being with you since January, even though I haven't been here every Sunday. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, so thank you to the people who have filled in, and all the people here that are new and that weren't here in the semester. So um, today, what I would like to talk about, if you can look at this ugly slide I made, is spiritual growth. This is totally copied off Google. Um, not the whole slide, just this plant. I don't even know what it is. It could be a flower or a tomato. But, uh, so today I want to talk about spiritual growth and developing Christ-like habits. So I want to like, full disclosure, I do not want to teach this. I do want to teach it, but it's not the funnest lesson to teach because talking about this stuff gets monotonous and get old and get very cliche sometimes, but it is very, very important because all of your goals are to be, what is that? It's like a dying rhino or something, or a whale. It sounds like a whale. Um, so the goal, the end goal for you, if you're a Christian, is to be more like Jesus. The end goal for you, if you're not a Christian, is to be more like Jesus. So starting forever until the end of your life, your goal by the end of your life is to look more like Jesus each day and eventually just look like Jesus. Not physically, but you know. So we want to, that's the end goal. So I want you right now to take out a notepad. I want you to take out your phone, take notes on this. Somebody might ask you one day, it's like, uh, I really want to develop Christ-like habits and my spiritual growth. Do you have any things you can tell me with that? And you'd be like, oh, well this really uh, loser dude taught a lesson. No, I'm kidding. This guy taught a lesson on that few weeks ago, I can really help you out. So, take out notes, pen, whatever you need, email it to yourself, whatever you want to do. Before we get there, uh, MT316, which if you're new here, you might not know what MT316 is. MT316 is a college church planted by North Boulevard uh, on the campus of MTSU, but we meet throughout the summer too. Um, so, we also work kind of as a summer ministry uh, and just a ministry in general. So, as Noah said earlier, uh, we have cross chats on Wednesday night at 6.30. Last week it was in Barfield Park. We played like a really huge game of Ultimate Frisbee. Um, I was really sore the next day. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Never play with Carrington if he's in here. It was awful. He's, yeah, I don't want to play against you again. And he's so fast and talented. And then, so the big trip we're going to take, oh, so we're going to do other things in parks and sometimes unless said otherwise it's always going to be in this room at 6:30 on Wednesday nights so if you want more information about that find me or somebody that's on the group me page for college ministry for the MT316 summer ministry and we will get you plugged in and you'll know what's going on and I'll try to make announcements in here as well we have a big trip uh, going to st. Louis this summer Did anybody go to st. Louis last summer 
Okay, just a few. So I think we had like 10 or so people go. A lot of fun. We go up there and visit another college ministry. They're very great about doing discipleship and they teach you a lot. It's just a fun time. We do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, then the other trips, we're going to go to Cummins Falls, a really beautiful waterfall place here in Tennessee. We went last year, so I'm trying to make it an annual thing. Um, a lot of you went last summer, so I want to do that. It's going to be June 29th and then we'll go to Rock Island. Some of you have been there July 27th. And then every month we're going to do the $5 movie nights at the new AMC Theater. Uh, and then there's more events, well TBA actually, to be announced that we just haven't really put out. So if you want something to do this summer, there's plenty of stuff to do. But I want you to remember the goal of this is not to have a good time. It's to be able to bring other people that don't know Jesus or people that are spiritually disconnected in, into our group. It's not for us. It's for other people always. Movie nights, trips, even St. Louis. All those are for people that don't know Jesus. Remember that, all these events. So tonight at MT316, we're doing this new series called Stranger Things. And this is the thing that Megan Starling made for this, which is really, really cool. Yeah, she's awesome. She, she drew like all these by hand, which is ridiculous. Um, oh, I think you drew like two and then copied and pasted the rest, but still like. That's crazy. I might try to draw a fox later and we'll actually show you how talented she is. So that's the Russell Rigsby speaking tonight. So this is like the lesson he's talking about. So I'm trying to be really mysterious. Uh, so, and then this is something Cole Skaggs asked me to announce along with Mike Jones is that we need production volunteers. So anybody that's interested in learning more or doing more with audio, video, lighting here at church at any of our campuses, uh, West Campus, this campus, MT316 or Smyrna Laverne, if you're interested in learning how to do that, some of you already do it or have done that, please sign up, um, email Mike Jones, see me tell me I'll get the word out but they really need help a lot of help and it'd be a way that you can just use your gifts or your talents to help this community um, and it really does make a big difference we need it and as you see no experience is required so if maybe you're thinking about changing your major at MTSU or wherever you're at you say I might want to be audio person then you don't have to have any experience you can just jump in okay so our lighting person I don't really know what that means I just kind of do this thing so if you need if you need help then or if you want to help, then uh, if, you, if you need help, see a counselor. If you want want to help, then Cole's, a Cole, Cole's your counselor. Okay, so I want to talk about this word today. This is what the word's going to revolve around, and I'm going to ask you to get into groups later on uh, at your tables. So this this word, uh, discipline, good or bad word? Good. Good or bad connotations sometimes. Oh, so it's a good word, but bad connotations. Why? Yeah, getting spanked hurts. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I affirm that. Are you just going to say something, Justin? Well, I mean, discipline. Everybody needs discipline, but when it comes or, comes around like time to be disciplined or have discipline, nobody wants to do it. Yeah. And your parents don't really want to discipline either. It's like, I mean, that's it's not fun. Like no, not at all. Well, I've heard. I don't have a kid, but uh, yeah, I've heard. I don't like spanking my dog when I had a dog. So that was no fun. He's not dead. He's alive. Uh, so I, I didn't kill it. Okay. What else? Any, any other thoughts about this word, the connotations it means? Why is it, why is it good? Why is it bad? What's your thoughts? Any other thoughts? That might be all the thoughts we have. I think too, teachers, it's like 
very hard to discipline now children in schools because there's less discipline at home. Yeah, for sure. Very, very so, very much so. Okay, uh, yeah, discipline's never fun. It's never fun to, to give out. It's never fun to receive. Um, as I grew older, I'm really thankful for all the times I was disciplined as a child. I'm very appreciative. I never thought I would be. If you told me that as a five-year-old, I would have said, you're stupid. Um, but now I understand it. So let's think about this. I didn't write this. What about spiritual discipline? What do, what do those words say to you, I guess? What's your thoughts when you hear that? Mm -hmm. And so I think that plays into spiritual discipline where you have to set lines and set rules for yourself that you know this is what I'm sticking to and I'm not going to deviate from it. Yeah, for sure. Any of, yeah, go ahead. My bad. I think spiritual discipline is like getting yourself out of bed and doing what God needs you to do knowing that no one else is going to grow you closer to Jesus than yourself. Mm. Like, no one else is going to get you to go. If you don't want to go, you have to do it yourself. You have to hold yourself to that. Yeah. So, a lot of like self control. Yeah. Yeah, doing that for sure. No? I think like sanctification is a word that I think of with it because so often, like, we think sanctification is just like, oh, if I just like have the right doctrinal view, then I'll like I'll start to become sanctified. But it's like sanctification comes through practicing those spiritual disciplines regularly. Mm -hmm. Like, allow, like, that obedience coming before the understanding. And how would you define sanctification? Just for uh, just for everybody. The process of being made more into the image of Christ. So, like the process of being made holy um, and just being sculpted to what Christ modeled for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You're right. I just wanted everybody to get yeah. context. So, any other thoughts on this or uh, move on? It's just a practice of your spirituality. For sure. You just look at it as a mm -hmm. practice. It's not, I mean, what is spirituality if you ain't yeah, definitely. Do you think our culture likes this word? No. Ooh, why? Why not? What does that even mean? <laughs> I know what it means. Yeah. Self everything. People see that as like limitations. Like you're restricted. Like I'm gonna be free. You know. Yes. And it's like if you if you're disciplining, you're saying that like you know what the right way is. Right. And people in our generation don't like that. They're like, it's like very much you determine what the right way for you is. Find and so, your own truth. yeah, exactly. And so yeah. If you're disciplining, you're saying, no, I know the right way. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wow, it's another world over here. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, I'd like the thing you said about truth, Megan. Uh, what truth is uh, subjective now? Um, your truth isn't whatever what's true for you isn't true for me go to a college campus you'll hear that um, maybe you have friends that think that I've met plenty of people that believe that uh, any other thoughts about that in our culture why they hate that word or why our culture hates that word or it's a bad word go for it if you have another oh okay okay so uh, here's another word or a couple of words for you spiritual apathy what do you what it comes to mind when I say that Mm-hmm. For sure. Spiritual stagnancy. Ooh. Uh, you know, like just sitting where you are and just sitting in your grime. 
Yeah. You know, like not growing, doing what's fake, and being comfortable with it. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Agree with that. Any other thoughts? Spiritual apathy. I kind of think about like people that just come to church just because that's what they're brought up to do, and it really doesn't—they don't really have their own faith. It's just like a routine. Yeah, <coughs> definitely. Anything else? What about just apathy in general? What does that mean? I feel like our culture is very apathetic towards a lot of things. Yeah. Just being comfortable in every situation and not ever wanting better. Mm. Going with the flow. Who cares? Yeah. So, the apathy, especially spiritual apathy, is a huge deal to this culture, to all of us in this room, college campuses, young adults, anything. Being apathetic towards your spiritual life, towards God, really apathetic towards anything, uh, can can be damaging, but it's also a huge thing. When I was at Freed Hardman, we had a social club, and each social club, there were five of them, each social club had stereotypes, and the one I was in was known for uh, not giving a, a rip. So, I'm trying to say the word, I'm trying to say the word crapless, but, uh, so, <laughs> I'm doing really good at it. But, uh, so, that, that's where we were known. We were known as the club that didn't care. And I mean, that was a whole section of people. So I, I care. I love you guys. But um, we were known as that kind of thing. So apathy, spiritual apathy, I believe it's one of the hardest things to fight. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. It's one of the hardest things to fight. And it's one of the things that challenges most Christian young adults today. A huge deal. And older adults, too, because everybody hits these points of apathy, these seasons of apathy at some point. And so, really what it is, is never having the want to or the drive to do something pertaining to God or to church or to Christian community or Christianity in general. It's just this feeling of, what you said, stagnancy, where you don't want to move forward or you don't feel anything or you feel like there's nowhere else to go or no way to move forward. And it is so common in our culture to feel this way. Very, very common. I mean... But the, we, apathy fills our churches, uh, it fills our schools, it fills everything about our lives, this feeling of not caring. And so um, I've said this, maybe not in this class, but I've said it before, that I would much rather deal with like an atheist or an agnostic than a Christian who is apathetic. That's somebody that has lost themselves in apathy. Because once you reach a point of apathy, it's really hard to pull back. And you're kind of just lost in this hole of, of you don't really care anymore. I, I've tasted it. I've been a part of it. That was my life at one time, but I've kind of just fell, fell out of it. Maybe like some of you are that way today. I've been there for sure. Uh, so here's the, the not so fun part is like forming habits is one way to beat this. And this is the kind of stuff that's hard to talk about because it's talked about so much that I can just get monotonous. So I've been reading this guy named Bill Hole. writes a lot of good books. I uh, ask you, encourage you to read his literature. So here's one of the things he says in a book that I read a few weeks ago. It says, one of the keys to developing Christ-like habits is learning to distinguish between our feelings and our will. I thought that was a really good phrase, but what does that mean? If you can't see it, one of the keys to developing Christ-like habits is learning to distinguish between our feelings and our will. What do you think that means? I don't think I've ever separated the two now that you ask. I don't. I didn't know they were different. I mean, because my will is go do what I want, but I also feel like I want to do what I want. Yeah. I feel like feelings is like your fleshly kind of desires, and then it takes will to resist that. So will would be like the discipline of doing what the Bible says versus what you want to do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I would also add, like, I think a lot of times our feelings can be, I don't think our, our feelings are always, like, our uh, worldly desires, but, like, they can be or they cannot be, but the, the thing is, is that regardless of wherever our feelings are lining up, we have to be able to separate and say that regardless of what I'm feeling, like, I can still will to do what God commands. And so it's like our feelings are secondary to our will, I think, the difference. And also, I think, like, on Leah's point, too, that a lot of times it helps if we're like, why, if we could name why we're feeling a certain way, so that then we know that, like, it's not our feelings that have power. It's like we can still will even beyond those, if that makes sense. Yeah, Houston. I also think um, as we grow spiritually that our will will align more with what God's will is. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If your will becomes more and more aligned, you can still have feelings that don't line up with that, but your will becomes more closely aligned with who God is. Definitely. Any other thoughts on that? How many times have you gotten up out of bed when you didn't want to? Mm. Your feeling is that you're tired and you want to keep sleeping, but your will is that I have things to do and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do them. Yeah. So you, there is a separation and we do it all the time, whether we realize it or not. But in a spiritual context, uh, we have to learn like, this is what I'm feeling, but this is what God's will is and that's what I'm going to do despite my own feelings about this. If I'm scared, if I'm really mad at somebody, but I'm told that I need to love them, if, like, whatever it is, you can still go against your own personal feelings in order to get the job done. Mm, yeah, for sure. I like that analogy of the bed. We all know that, so, yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Okay, so, next question. How is this done? So, we talked about it. What does this mean? But how is it done? How do you distinguish between the two, will and feelings? You may have kind of answered that, but... Some of this helps me. Um, in Celebrate Recovery, we learn, you just learn a lot of, um, I don't know, how do I say this, like, you don't have to do everything. So, you know how often we feel bad if we can't do this or can't do that or I don't know maybe we feel like we're letting somebody down I guess and it's like this feeling of like shame or whatever mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense but it's like you don't owe and like you don't yeah, it's really hard to put yeah. the words I'm gonna think about it come back. okay it's fine think about it all you need yeah I'm sorry. No, you're good, I man. I feel like your will is like the building blocks of your emotion, like the, your core values, and then your feelings are like what comes out of them. They're like what's kind of floating <laughs> on top, and that's why it changes so much because, you know, it's up top. It's less important, but your will is like what's really deep in there that you have always believed. Mm. And I think that's like the separation. Your feelings come, well, not exactly come from your will, but like the will's deep down in there. Yeah, for sure. I think I know what I'm trying to say. Obligation. Okay. Like when we feel obliged to do something, and something I've just learned is like, no, I don't have to do that. Like, mm -hmm. or I don't have to feel bad for not being able to do this. Or, and I think that comes from just knowing, like the like if I am asked a favor and I feel like bad, I know that that feeling is not 
not from God. Like, I don't have to feel bad because I am not able to help someone in this moment or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we deal with a lot of that, like uh, just that people-pleasing type yeah. that wants to save the day or just be, be the, the one everyone can rely on. Yeah, for sure. I want to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Any other thoughts about that? Um, so what, what, what wins? What's more important, will or feelings? What's more important, will or feelings? Sorry. Will. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Either one could win, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, what's the answer? Is, uh, what is your answer? Truth is subjective, right? So. Oh, my <laughs> Just do you, right, Mackenzie? Just do you. Whatever matters. Okay. Nobody even know what that means. What is what is what is what does it mean to be authentic? Okay. So, it's uh, a big question right there. So, what's more important, will your will or your feelings? Yeah. If you're not, if you are not disciplined, tying back into the theme, then it is way too easy to let your feelings take over your will and just go wherever the wind takes you, based off of how you're feeling in that moment. Mm. My dad would always tell me that your feelings get you in trouble. So. Ooh. Yeah, I believe that. I would think that more of your feelings makes you do harsher decisions than you would if you would think of what your will would want. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Feelings are fleeting. They'll never be stable. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. I was going to say, I, I do think will is more important in the end, but I think it's important also not to neglect feelings because so often I think, especially like in, if we come from like a legalistic background, it's easy to be like, oh, we just, we just have to will it. Like we just will, but like, it is important to like um, invest into our feelings to get them aligned to the the will of God. So like uh, the, the way I'm thinking about it is like if we can find more joy, if we can naturally find more joy in God and His ways and His will, then it's going to be so much easier to obey. So it's like it's good also to dwell on why God is so good. Mm. So that then when we have to make those like. When we have to make those tough decisions, like our feelings all more line up still with, with God's will. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And eventually, like you and Houston kind of had the same, same kind of answer leading into that. It's like your will wants to align with God's will. So I like the way that it was explained. Megan did a great job of that. But uh, my will is to lose weight. There were brownies this morning. I had coffee and I had to choose between brownies and Nature Valley Granola Bar. No, I didn't. Thank you. I look look more skinny already. Uh, So, so that. But my will, I I followed my my feelings was, dang, those brownies look good. And uh, but another feeling was, I really want to look good at the pool. So, I mean, that's the will. But so, will will should always triumph over feelings, but they don't always triumph over feelings. Our feelings. Should you follow your feelings all the time? No. Okay, I'm glad you know that. So here's what this, the distinguisher. Here's the way you change. Here's the big important part between will and uh, 
and feelings. And I think this is what it comes down to is the word self-control, which is an awful word. I mean, like, just really, it took a lot of self-control not to eat those brownies. There was like a pot of brownies, not, yeah, a pot of brownies. <laughs> so you have to, you have to be really careful those two words beside each other. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm clean, all right? Sorry. But just do you, right? So, uh, so this is a big word in this whole argument. I want you to listen to the statement made by actually one of Bill Hull's friends about self-control. It says, self-control, listen to this, great, great uh, sentence. Self-control is the steady capacity to direct yourself to accomplish what you've chosen or decided to do and be, even though you don't feel like it. That's what it comes down to. Even when you don't feel like it, making the decision to do this instead of that in order to accomplish what your will really is and what, you, what, what you've decided your will is. So, here's what I want you to do. This, this whole talk of maturity, spiritual discipline, this whole talk of what we're talking about today, I want you to go to this verse in your Bible or on your phone or whatever. You can look up here, but I'd much rather you have it in front of you. And uh, right now, I want you to get into groups at just at tables. I don't want to see uh, less than uh, three people at a table. So, so pair up. Yeah. And I want you. Here's what I want you to do for five for five minutes. I want you to. I want you to look at this text. And I want you to like pan out everything it has to say about immaturity, maturity, being disciplined, being trained, all these words and this whole, this whole stuff. Hey, uh, y'all two can go back here with Carrington and Austin. You gonna get right here? You and Leah? Yeah, here you go. There you go. Actually, I think I'm teaching the kids' camp. Oh, I think you should see you. Maybe this weekend. All right. What did you say to me? So, take, sorry, you need to hear it again. Three minutes. Now, four minutes to dish out like everything about spiritual maturity, discipline, training, anything this has to talk about about that being spiritually weak. Just think about these ideas, and uh, we'll talk about it in a second. All right, I'm going to cut you short. Well, not short, but I'm going to cut your time. So uh, it's been five minutes. You're going to stay with your same group, so don't move back to the table that you were originally at. But I want you to dish out just some things to me um, that your group came up with based on this passage and the idea of maturity and all these other things. So uh, we're just going to start with this group, and then we'll go this way. And if you say the same things, it's fine. Speak for like one minute. So. All right, so... Uh, from what we got, it was kind of like that um, maturity isn't necessarily based off like your age, but by your level of discipline that you have, uh, and kind of like highlighting the fact where it says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Mm. That's good. So you can grow as fast as you want to. Yeah, it just takes discipline to do it. Okay, anything else from that group? Or? That was good. I like that. All right, Tyler, your group. Anybody can be the spokesperson. Okay, so we touched on a couple of different um, themes and topics, but one of them that kept sticking out was um, 
about how sturdy your foundations need to be to grow and to teach others. But um, if your foundation isn't too sturdy or strong, then you might have to go back and retouch on some things. And we do anyways because we're women and that's just the way it's working. We need to be reminded constantly. Jump in whenever. <laughs> that's that's good. I like that. All right. So we talked about how uh, really obviously similar things, but we talked about how in verse 14 it specifically talks about by constant use you have trained, like they have trained themselves. Mm. So it, they've been taught what they need to be taught, and then they further that by training themselves in the disciplines that they've been taught, and they've been doing it constantly. Yeah. So it takes repetition and keeping at it, and you have to do some on your own. You can't be spoon-fed everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Mackenzie, y'all's group. We talked about the part in verse 12 that says, by this time you ought to be teachers, mm. and we just talked about how a lot of people have like grown up in the church and have like lived their lives in the church and they know all the lessons, um, but until they really like decide that like this is them and really like live that, then it just it's just kind of useless. Yeah, for sure. I like that, Justin. You always. Um, well, we we kind of keyed in on the part where it says that they used to they should be teachers by now but they still need milk yeah we were trying we were kind of thinking that nobody is immune to spiritual apathy just because you've been in the word a long time that does not mean you're growing and you're like going places because being a christian and growing is kind of like swimming against the current everything's pulling you backwards yeah if you stop swimming and you stop trying to get there you're gonna just drift right back mm -hmm. it's kind of what and I think there was more. I think she had some. We're going to keep, because we have only have a few minutes left. I like that, though. That was good. Houston? Um, in verse 13, where it talks about um, anyone who lives on milk is not acquainted with the teaching of righteousness, uh, it's just like a lot of, like, the concept of like salvation is simple, but in application, there's, like, so many layers to it, and, and so it's like, like, in your first beginning, if you're still living on milk, like, you're not acquainted, like, with what it means to be righteous. Like, you don't, like, you don't know, like, the hard work that it takes yet. And so it takes that time and the struggle to, um, to gain that understanding and, and to, like, become more like Christ. Like, it takes hard mm. work. Yeah, it really does, for sure. All right, last group. Uh, we focused, or not really, but one of the things we talked about was um, in verse 11, where it says we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear. Um, it's kind of like... You have to have that constant renewing of the mind. When it, like in 14, when it says the constant use of having trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil, you have to like always be like contemplating these kind of things mm. and not just like think you know it. Like I've been told the same thing my whole life, but if I don't myself continually put that into practice, then it's the same thing as like not understanding because I'm not even trying to understand. Yeah, for sure. Application super important. It's necessary. Do you want to answer? Yeah, okay. uh, Africa talks about strong language and saying you ought to be teaching others, and then it takes it right down to you know, you're, you're not doing well, and it's so bad that you really need some basic <laughs> training. So you need rebirth. Yeah. It's not like you're going to etch back in. You, you've gone really far away,
Yeah, for sure. That's good. I love this example about swimming against the current. So if you get apathetic, you're going you're gonna to lose ground. Oh yeah, definitely. You ever seen that vine? He needs some milk. You know, like every time I read, every, every time I read this passage, I just like want to play that vine. Okay, so uh, yeah, I drew some conclusions, but all you, they're all the same. So this is a great passage to go back to about that spiritual apathy, all that stuff. Here's what I want you to do for the next five minutes: talk about this. Uh, Francis Chan gives this really good illustration. One of his books, I don't know, Catherine was telling me about it. He said that one time he thought he wanted to join the military and then he figured out that he hated running but the military makes you run and so in case you didn't know and so you have to be physically fit to be in the military but then he started drawing conclusions back to the word about that and was like if you're going to be in the military there, you cannot get out of running like you have to do that and so his conclusion was when drawing it back to Christianity was like God asks these things of you to be spiritual discipline to read, pray, do these things. If the military makes you run, you have to. Then what's so like? What's the difference between the creator of the universe telling you these things, but then like falling out of it? Like, in order to be fit, in order to be ready, in order to be Christ-like, it is necessary to do these things to get closer to the heart of God. So you have, you, uh, if you're on summer break, maybe you have a job or something. I don't know, but three months, uh, June, July, August. Talk about this question really fast. What is one Christ-like habit you will practice this summer? Why did you choose that one? And how will you work to make this a habit each day? So dish that out. I'll tell you mine. Uh, I'm trying to form a better prayer life, and I'm trying to get a deeper hunger for the Word. There are so many days where I wake up and I do not want to read my Bible. Like, I do not want to read it because I just, I just don't. Satan's getting at me. I'm apathetic about it. Uh, but I'm, each day I'm waking up and telling myself, you have to do this if you want to be like God. You have to do this if you want to get closer to the heart of Jesus. It takes work. Even when I don't feel like it, my will triumphs over that, or it should. So uh, I mess up. There's days where I don't read. There's days where um, I'm not as good as praying as the day before. And it's not a, not a test or, or not a uh, race, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to say there. But anyway, so talk about this, these three questions really fast, and we'll dismiss at 1020. So you literally have three minutes. So good luck. <laughs> Start. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's 1020. Uh, I encourage you not to leave until everybody in your group's answered, but if you must go, you're welcome to go. Let me say a prayer really quick, and then you can head out. But also let everybody answer before we leave. So, God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, reminding us of things through your word. I pray that you build on us more self-control through your Holy Spirit um, so that we can grow closer to you. Help us with our feelings. They can lead us in the wrong way. Um, and they do so many times that I pray that we conquer those in your name, uh, the ones that are bad and that we focus instead on doing the things that please you and will help us grow closer to who you are. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Help us to go ahead and worship you with an open heart and open mind uh, to the things that you need to say to us. And it's in your sons that we pray together. Amen.